Hello and welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. Today, I am so excited to have sat down with holistic wellness pioneer, Shiva Rose. Shiva is the author of Whole Beauty, Daily Rituals and Natural Recipes for Lifelong Beauty and Wellness, and a revered wellness teacher and guide. She's here today to share her wit and wisdom on all things ritual, whole beauty practices, Ayurvedic practices, kundalini yoga, and so much more. I have to say that I fell in love with Shiva's blog, The Local Rose, many years ago and would delight at the wellness information she delivered through the practices she was creating and in her interviews with women on a variety of wellness topics and journeys. It's my honor to interview Shiva today and welcome her to the Mystical Sisterhood community. I hope you thoroughly enjoy this episode, and thanks for being here. Hey there, welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. I started this show to highlight the intuitives, healers, and other courageous women that I've met along my journey and continue to meet. Through amazing interviews, I seek to ask insightful questions to uncover ways in which you, the listener, can apply the wisdom and knowledge to your own life. I believe that we're all in this together, so sharing healing and joy and bringing community together is both my passion and purpose. If you'd like to learn more about the Mystical Sisterhood community I'm building, please visit www.mysticalsisterhood.com. See you in the episode. Welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen, and I'm here with Shiva Rose today. Um, I can't say enough about Shiva's work. I've followed her for what feels like over 10 years, and I can't remember my point of connection with finding you, Shiva, but um, I'm so excited to be sitting here with you. I'm going to share with the listeners a little bit from the local Rose, your blog, just about your background, and then we'll dive in. So you had written, I was raised to Bohemian parents in the countryside of Iran until the revolution there occurred. I went suddenly from a childhood nurtured on imagination and nature to life as a refugee. As one assimilating to a new life, I sought solace in old films, fashion, and books which led me to work as an actress in TV, film, and theater. After having my first daughter in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. This diagnosis and yearning for a healthy planet for my daughter propelled me on a path as a naturalist and an activist. The local rose was born out of a desire to celebrate a holistic, healthy, authentic life style without sacrificing taste and glamour. Mm-hmm. And so... I will begin there and I'm just going to add my own beginning reflection is I think from whenever it was that I discovered your work, I was attracted to the qualities of the feminine, the divine feminine, very earthy, um, authentic, like ethereal to me and grounded in, um, beauty and wholeness Mm. 
and though I, it's just very sensual. Sensual is a word that comes to mind and draws me to your work. So welcome here with us today. And I don't know, you know, based on that introduction and your story, where would you like to start? Oh, well, thank you. I, you know, I think we all, our deepest desire is to be seen <laughs> right on, on the plane. So thank you for seeing me. I, that means so much to me, um, especially because you were there from the beginning and that I'm truly grateful for, for those people because this was pre-goop, right? This was mm-hmm. pre, pre-goop, pre pre um, health wellness world when, you know, I didn't know if anybody was interested in the world, but I kept feeling it rather than seeing, like I kept, I knew there was something else. There was something that brought together all these things that I was yearning for to heal myself on a, not just physical level, but on a spiritual and ancestral level. So um, I'm so glad you were there because I, you know, it's a, it's like theater. You need the audience too. Yes. <laughs> so even yeah. if it's one or two people, it's okay. The show must go on. I know? love that. I've, I've heard from one of my, um, she was a coaching instructor. It was Dr. Shafali. She leads the conscious parenting, oh, but she yeah. always used to say, and this could have been from somewhere else, but she'd say one is a million. And so uh-huh. if you had that one person one person that listened, if the one person listened to this podcast, then it would be exponential. It just is. And so when you had these ideas and this creation wanting to come forth from you, what did you begin to find? You said you thought that you, you didn't know if the audience would be there. What did you, as you started to put one foot in front of the other, what happened? It was, it was really that it was really just doing it. Um, you know, just having faith that even if one person or two people read the blog, then that was okay. I didn't, I didn't go in thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to you know, <laughs> be, be a huge success and hit. It was almost like you have, I think that with creativity, it's like that where you just have to, you have to, it's like something that's burning inside of you. And it's almost like, if you don't do it, I think it can lead to frustrations, illness, you know, but I think as creative beings, we have this, you know, especially women, like if we're, if we're not giving birth to to humans, then I think we have to be creating and, <laughs> and in other ways, because we are just creative infernos, you know, I feel like we yes. have this, we have this womb, we have this, this ability to create life. And if it's not a physical human, then it could be a garden in your house or, you know, a recipe or a book, or I think, I think we're just built that way. And I think oh, it's I part that. of our longevity. You know, I think it really feeds into our longevity, especially as we go into our second spring, which yeah. is the topic I'm fascinated with right now, because I'm going through the, going to be going through the change. Um, and my youngest is leaving for college. So I'm reading a lot about how women, you know, and in, in some cultures they call in Japan, they call it your second spring, which I think is beautiful. It's you so know? beautiful. I it's so beautiful. Yes. Which in a Western culture, it's like they don't even. It's like they don't even <laughs> talk about it or see it or you know. Well, and I don't know what like if you think of that word menopause, the it feels like it's time in between, but then it doesn't really address that time maybe very well, nor what <laughs> comes after it. Right. Yeah. Well, I have a thing. 
thought about this, I've been thinking a lot about it is, you know, in the goddess culture, there's the three, the triad, which is maiden, mother crone. But I'm sure you've heard this too, but women were living, you know, to 70s, 80s, 90s. So the crone doesn't really, I don't think we get into the crone till our 70s. So a lot of um, people in that world have decided to create this other other uh season which yeah. makes sense there's four seasons you know there's there's four directions so so i think it's maiden mother and then some call it maga which is like magician um some call it enchantress some call it medicine woman um healer you know and then we go into our crone after that so that feels so much better for me i mean oh it's beautiful <laughs> yes yeah. thank you for sharing that i think that's such an important message for women to hear and I can just imagine people thinking, who, me, me, does that apply to me too? But it applies to all of, of us. Course, of yes, course. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love the second spring. And so I don't know, Shiva, your work, I wanted to, for anyone that does um, watch on YouTube, your book, Whole Beauty that came out in 2018 is this beautiful compilation of practices that are very, very meaningful to you that you've learned you, I can see that you embody within the way that you um, share them with us. But, you know, one of the things that I know is very important to you and has become ritualistic is the practice of ritual. So can mm -hmm. you talk to us about why that is so meaningful, not just on mm -hmm. like, not just making statements about it, but just why, like, well, how does that benefit us as women? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it just makes life so much more beautiful and it makes life into a miracle rather than just life, you know, the ordinary mundane life. Like when you put an ritual is basically putting an intention, mm -hmm. right? Anything can become a ritual, even laundry can become a ritual. But when you put this intention of, of beauty and, and devotion to it, mm -hmm. then it changes it from the mundane to something special. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to live in that magical realm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just, it just makes my life richer. So I have, you know, I wake up every morning before dawn and I do the tea ceremony. So I do a tea ritual and not only am I drinking my morning tea, but it's also like meditative. I'm thinking about my day. I'm thinking I'm talking to my guides and talking to source God, you know, and then I watch the sunrise. So there's like a whole, it just helps. I find that when I'm, if I skip that for some strange reason, my day is just not the way it's feel. It doesn't feel as good. So, so yeah. And in that you're creating the space for it. So again, I think mm -hmm. that so one thing that I was, when I was looking at your work and your book, it was around, um, you said practices are important because women we've learned to live in this masculine way more than ever. And so it's not, that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just a product of the society that we've been living in. So this idea that we, we can actually create that space. It's, oh, not just, yeah. it's not just Shiva living in like this, like no. this other world over here. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's critical for us and our <laughs> life's path. Because when you talk about slowing down intentionality, it's not just routine. Cause you said that in the book, routine becomes ritual. Like you just said, when it has intention and mindfulness to it. So how beautiful to me, that says 
slow down, Maureen. You're worth it. That's an underlying theme, the worthiness and deservingness. And you can create this. So how do we create space? Like for a busier individual who's like, I, I I love what they're saying, but I just don't have time. Yes. Well, that's why I get up before anyone else is up. And I actually, and you know, at first you might be like, oh, I prefer to have that hour of sleep or, but really I think it feeds you in such a deep way. And then maybe you'll end up going to sleep an hour earlier. You know, once you get up with the rhythm of the sun and the moon, once you have that circadian rhythm and also the healing benefits of the morning sun, I think once you start living that way, it just becomes second nature and it's not such a big deal. So yes, you carve it out. I get up before my partner, before my daughter, before I have to get her ready for school, before the animals, I get up first, I make it a priority. And like, you know, it's not always easy in the beginning, but you begin to like, I, it's my favorite thing now. I can't, I, I love being the only one awake, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I love that everybody else is asleep and that I'm like, you know, tiptoeing around and it's like my domain. <laughs> yes. And, you know, there's something very special and magical about that. There is. And when you, I, I'd like you to say some things about a tea ceremony, because I, I have not created one for myself. I haven't experienced it with others. Um, but can you talk about tea ceremony? And I'm thinking if it's something you do for yourself too, it seems like a really beautiful honoring, slowing down oh, thing yeah. to do and for you yourself. Don't need, all you need is a bowl. That's what I okay. tell people when you want to start. You get a beautiful tea. I can refer you to the place where I get tea, but you can also just, as long as it's organic and clean, take some tea leaves, you know, actual tea leaves, green tea or something, or the teas that I drink are called living tea and you just put them in a bowl. Everybody has a bowl. You can get tea and everyone has access to hot water. So it's not like you need a whole tea ceremony set, you know, right. and but something about that, filling that bowl with water, watching the tea and then drinking it. There's something so just beautiful about that. It's also filling our bowls, our bowls as women, you know, we yeah. are made to we're to receive, right? And how much do you receive in a day? I don't know about you, but I'm not <laughs> receiving a lot from the people I love, which is fine. But it's yeah. like, you know, I have to <clears throat> start these nourishing, nourish myself. So my bowl is filled. Mm-hmm. And once my bowl is filled, then I can give to the others. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that because you're creating the experience for yourself. And when we do that, we don't have to sit, we, we can ask for what we need with those around us, but we can also give to ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So how, in what capacity do you perform tea ceremonies in? I know when we were originally supposed to record, you said, Maureen, I have a tea ceremony. So what (laughs) what does that look like? Well, I, I'm so grateful and blessed that I get to be of service. So I do, um, do tea ceremonies with people where I actually will serve a group of people tea. Um, it's from a tea tradition, um, which if you want any information at globalteahut.com or, or .net, globalteahut.net maybe is where my teacher, my teach, tea group mm. resides and they talk all about it on that site. And I was very blessed that I got to go to China and study tea and go to the tea farms and meditate with my tea group on tops of mountains. And this is right before COVID. And I feel I'm so glad that I got to do that because I really 
gone this journey with tea and it's not, you know, tea is such a beautiful, pure tea is such a beautiful plant um, and it's an adaptogen, but this also this practice, our tea teacher basically took the very ornate um, elaborate tea ceremonies of China and Japan and Taiwan and simplified them. So it's basically you and nature. He wanted us to deeply connect to nature through the leaf. Um, so that's how he, he stripped it. And it's very beautiful. And we use water and bowls and, and tea cup. Yeah, it's very lovely. Yeah. So, so, but when it's for myself, Mm-hmm. I don't do, you know, it's not elaborate. I just have the bowl and the teapot and my tea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do the thing, you know, I light a candle um, and that's it. You don't have to do the whole elaborate thing for yourself. But it's a way, I love that though. I love when you talk about that journey you went on to China to learn the ceremony and, and the shortened version of it. I feel like so much ancient lineage is coming through you. And so um, with every tea ceremony you bring to another you not only bring your ancestral, but of other cultures too. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. like the the codes, or but the, the whole idea with tea too is that I just I'm sort of the vessel; it's coming through. But you have your experience, so someday hopefully I can serve you, and you'll see you. I'm supposedly a clear channel, and you get to have your experience with the tea, like what you feel and what. You know, and that's what I why I love doing it because everybody has a different experience, you know. And it's interesting, women usually usually cry, you know, especially women who've never done it. I think one, because it's done in silence, which is like blows people's minds that but you know, <laughs> but there's so much that you trans transmit mm-hmm. through silence. Mm-hmm. Number one is is that, and number two is that women you just have to receive, and sometimes it's so hard for women. They're just like, wait, I don't have to do anything, <laughs> you yes. know. Yes, and yes. Then, and then three, they just get it. They get that you're just supposed to be there and have your emotions and your feelings, and that's the, the whole process. Such yeah. a gift. I love that. You know, in the in one of the chapters of Whole Beauty, you you refer to being, I think it was a feminine feminist. Can you say a little bit about that? I hadn't heard that term before. But yeah. I think I've always been that way. You know, I've I well, Anais Nin, I think, coined that term, a feminine feminist, um, who's one of my favorite writers, Anais Nin. Um, you know, I love being a woman. I do not want to be, you know, I want doors opened for me. I want men to carry groceries for me. And I'm in Texas where it's like, you know, part of the culture. I love that. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go back to that. I do not, I am not built like a man and I do, surely don't want to work like a man. Like that's yeah. not in my, in no way. <laughs> like, and I've right. tried, you know, tried to be in a man's world, done that. And it just mm-hmm. didn't, my nervous system was wrecked. My mm-hmm. health was wrecked. That's just not the way women, we fluctuate on a whole different cycle, whole different calendar. Men, their testosterone is so high in the morning and then it wanes by the afternoon and then it dips in the in the evening. So they have one cycle on the day, daily, you know? They're like the sun. It's like rise, repeat, rise, repeat, rise, repeat. Women are like the moon. Our cycle is 28 to 30 days. So we are on a completely different clock when we're, you know, ovulating. We may have be more prone to like wanting to do business and be out there when we're having our moon. We just want to, 
you know, be in bed and be under the sheets and go into our dark cave. <laughs> you know, we have a we have a cycle that lasts 20 to 30 days, whereas they have a cycle that's so we're different beings. We cannot work in the same industry as they do, you know, with that, I think it would ruin us. I'm not saying women aren't as powerful or um creative or I mean, I think women, when we are working in our feminine space, we can surpass, like we, we become even more successful and more powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And by the way, for women who aren't cycling, you still have, you still go through those fluctuations. You just aren't bleeding anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's been so many reminders I feel, and I'm wondering if you're seeing it expand what you're seeing in the world too, but I think there is a call for the feminine right now. And I think that um, I just feel like it's coming through different guests who are coming in and that's why your message is so, to me, so it's like really palpable and it brings something that we can practice and new ideas to cultivate this side of us that may feel more dormant. And, and that's when you talk about the women in the tea ceremony, they're coming into that feminine and that ability to express and flow and be and all the beauty. Yeah. And, you know, women need other women. Our our DNA actually changes when we are around other women. Like we are meant to be in circles and gatherings and, you know, we, we need it for our health, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. I think why women sometimes cry too, is just because they're like, oh, like this is, feels so good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. And I've had women saying to me more as I've started this and everything became on zoom over the pandemic. They're like, Oh yeah, we, we want in person. We want in person. People are wow. really craving that. So yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Um, so I also was, you know, a few of the things that when you talk about ritual or you talk about, um, you just mentioned adaptogens. So obviously in a lot of your work, it's very holistic. It's, it's about the quality of food that we're, con- that we're consuming our practices, but you had autoimmune um, disorder. So you were able, did you just pull all these different practices and did you just, how did it come through so oh, clearly gosh. to you? Like oh what gosh, you it took so long. It took so long. <laughs> it <laughs> took so long. I can, I can say that. And by the way, healing is hmm. circular, you know, it's not linear. So it's like, you know, you move one step forward, two steps back, three steps forward, three steps back, you know, like it's not, it's, it's, it's kind of like a circular journey. So, um, and no, no, my gosh, it took so much, so many decades. And, and, and by the way, you're still like, I'm God willing, you know, I'm, I'm doing good now, but there's always, you know what I mean? It's like, we're evolving. We're like, we're constantly like bombarded with heavy metals or, or, you know, emotional stuff or, or being on our screens too. You know, there's always some layer that we can mm-hmm. remedy and, and, and fix. But um, so, yes, it was a long journey. I think one thing led to another, you know, um, finding a, a more functional doctor, uh, doing parasite cleanses, which I never even you know, thought about that 20 years ago, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, parasite cleanses, like number one, <laughs> like that is like, we all have parasites. I don't care who you are. You've got parasites. You've got to get rid of the, you know, if you, if you have a health issue, then that's mm-hmm. number one, you know, detox your body from that. Um, eat organic. Yes. Eat organic now more than ever, because they're finding out the glycophyte, what it does to our gut and our brain. And, and it's in so many yeah. things that, 
as much as you can eat organic, um, you know, the, the water, oh, like more and more every day, we're finding out how toxic our water systems are. Yeah. And, you know, that's key. water should be alive. Water should be energized. I am right, doing a course right now or working on a course. It's called waterways and women. It's about how women especially need, you know, we need our wells well watered. Mm. We are like juicy creatures and that's part of aging. I think when people start aging is because they're not getting enough hydration either through food or oils or water, you know, yeah, that's beautiful. I can't wait for that one. Um, Thanks. <laughs> And it's such a good reminder because, um, yes, food is medicine. And I think that, you know, I, I take it that you've lived in warmer climates and access to nature. And I was thinking even this morning, because I'm right outside of Chicago, we're a colder climate. I don't live in a place that has direct access to a lot of nature. And what do you say to that? And for people who are a little more landlocked or they, you know, they yeah. have to travel a little further to access nature. I and- totally understand that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say create a little altar in your mm-hmm. house. You know what I mean? And have, and even if it's like a one flower or one herb or something that's representing that it could even be in a pot, yeah. you know, you have, you have a beautiful altar and you add a candle and the sun, you could most probably, you know, unless it's a cloudy day, you can always seek the sun. You can always seek the moon. Um, definitely there's, you know, it's, not as easy, but now that I live in a place with more, <laughs> cause we have days of ice and snow here and cold gray. And, and it's definitely, that's probably been a big transition for me. Like I commend you, you know, and I, and I know why people are hardier mm-hmm. now, you know, mm-hmm. me who was in California or, you know, I'd love Hawaii and, you know, Hawaii, yeah. but these places you don't like when you're living in these places where you really see like for me, what, what was so hard was getting used to like everything being gray or brown, mm-hmm. like in the winter. And I was, it would get me down, you know, because I wasn't used to it. And then now I'm honoring it. I'm getting it. I'm getting that. These are the that. seasons. Yeah. And this is what, even for us, we have seasons. And then uh, how much do you enjoy spring even more mm-hmm. now? Because you mm-hmm. get to live through a <laughs> <Yes>. real winter. <laughs> oh, spring was always my favorite. Ever since I was a young girl, I grew up in oh. Northern Indiana and it was, I always thought it was the time of rebirth. It was the time of renewal. And isn't that interesting as a little girl, you yes. know, that concept, that female kind of feminine concept of rebirth oh. and renewal, of course. You knew, um, you knew. I think as children, we know so much. You know? Yeah. But that's a great point you make about, because um, when you talk about ritual in the book, you talk about how altars, creating an altar can alter us Ah, and alter our experience. And I love that play on words because it's true. And thank you for that reminder, because it, some people might go extreme and say, there's no way I can have that contact with nature. But what you're saying is like, no, you can go pull, like be with nature, pull the grass in the summer, whatever it is, as long as it's not fertilized, but put it on that altar. (laughs) And along with anything, the crystals that are meaningful to you, you've got great parts of the book of like, blessing the crystals and, um, you know, or being barefoot. I mean, it might be hard in the snow, but but like you can go into a piece of just a ground anywhere. That's not cemented over, you know, Mm -hmm. even in the city, you can find that somewhere and standing on the earth, you know, that's, but they, again, they're finding out more and more miraculous things from that. That's amazing. Um, so it's these, 
things that seem so small, but they actually, when done with intention, bring a lot of meaning into our lives. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think mineral too, you know, just to say, like, I think we're, you know, especially when you live in these winter places, I think the adding minerals to your water and to your body, it it can do so much for, for you. How do you add minerals, Shiva? Um, Well, I love, you know, there's Quinton, it's just those glass vials. It's actually just seawater that, that is formulated and clean that has all the minerals. I use that. I use, um, um, things like shilajit or fulvic acid. This is all like, you know, th- those are more like detoxifying minerals. Um, but, uh, everybody I think needs iodine, selenium, magnesium. I mean, I, I, I mean, copper, I think most people need that because our yeah. soil is depleted and we used mm-hmm. to get it from our food in our soil, mm-hmm. but if our soil is depleted and has all this stuff, then you have, you should add that. I mean, I think everyone, mag- I'm not a doctor, but I can confidently say everyone needs magnesium, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. you can't, it just calms your nervous system. It helps you with healing your body faster. It helps you sleep. It's just like yeah. something that I think we need. And that's what they say you get from grounding in the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's such an important topic of conversation for this period of time, because um, you know, my father had Parkinson's and I was just reading an article the other day, mm-hmm. or it was a, a link to a blog post about, um, a chemical that's very related to Parkinson's. So it's that mm-hmm. when I was reading about how you love Ayurveda and Ayurvedic medicine, um, you were talking about how you, you had written, everything is about the ways in which the body can detox. So just piggybacking on how you're just talking about these minerals. Um, Tell me more about Ayurveda because it's, it's always been one of those things. That's this big topic to me. And I'm I'm so hungry for it at the same time, (laughs) but I don't know. Yeah, no, I know it can be overwhelming. (laughs) It doesn't have to be, I mean, in a nutshell, okay. It's been around 5,000 years. Mm -hmm. So they know something, right. And yes, they believe a lot that we're healthy as long as we're detoxing, you know, as long as you're, you detox when you sleep, you detox when you use the bathroom, you detox when you sweat, when you, you detox. So if, as long as these channels are open, you are okay. You know, cause we make cancer cells every day, you know, we make, but we are able to like break it down and detox it and like remedy it. And this is when everything is working. So I think if any of those things are not working, we should be alarmed if we're not eating or sleeping or going to the bathroom or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but in Ayurveda, basically it's, it's um, that the, the idea of detoxing daily with oil pulling or dry brushing your skin, which moves the lymph. See, they, they're so, they just know, they knew yes. about the lymph system within us, which is our biggest garbage disposal in our body, you know? So once that's flowing and moving, um, through dry brushing, through movement. Um, um, they also believe in like the doshas. I don't know if you know, there's like vata, pitta, um, and kapha, which, and then most of the time we're most of one thing or a combination of things. And, and when you read about that, it's so fascinating because vata is usually people who are thin and wiry and prone to cold and dry, you know, and that, and then um, Pitta is more like fiery and red and, 
and they crave spicy foods, you know, and kapha is like kind of like lazy and, you know, chill and <laughs> voluptuous. And, you know, and so we all have a little bit of these three things, but some people are, you know, are more prone to one than the other. And when there's an imbalance in Ayurveda, you learn how to add something Beautiful. to help. Yeah, because right. like if I, you're vata, like I'm vata, which is dry, and they, I need more kapha, so I need more butter and ghee and oil. You okay. know, so that's like yeah. how you start. You start figuring all that out. So. <laughs> I love it. I would love to learn more about Ayurveda. That's because I think it's a beautiful way to be work with our bodies and learn about yeah. our, our um, just what is best for ours. I that's been a challenge for me. I always want to, I think that's why I'm so attracted to your work. And I appreciate you saying like, Maureen, no, mm-hmm. it's like, it's a journey. It's not, it's not a race. There's not an end. It's how can each and every day, how can I really honor and treat myself really well? And mm-hmm. I love that about the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you find, you know, you go down a path and it works and you go down another path that doesn't work. And it, you know, I think it's kind of that situation, especially with healing, you know, yeah. Healing. Yeah. I think root cause is also important. Like for me, I really, um, with autoimmune, they just don't, they just shrug their shoulders. They're like, we don't know. Mm -hmm. So I had to come up with my own theory on what the root cause was and then, you know, go that way. And I think that's, I think medicine, we're finally starting to hear that word more root cause, Mm -hmm. which is making people think like with Park, I'm curious if you thought, what, what do you think with Parkinson? What do you think causes that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. And, you know, I had gone through a breast cancer journey. And so I've had that same question for myself. And um, I was talking with a friend who's going through a cancer journey right now. And I, I've always said, I think ever since I experienced it, that we as individuals get to say what we think it is, right? And mm-hmm. not and, and that is our truth. And I think that for me, um, it's a blend of you know, emotional things that were going on there. I I had genetic testing done and I knew it wasn't that for me that could be determined. And, but there could be outside influences. I had an estrogen positive type. So who knows how much of those xenoestrogens my body had been mm-hmm. soaking in and taking in. And so, yeah. but one, I think when I had my diagnosis too, I had forsaken a lot of sleep for many, many years. I had probably had a lot of stress and another light bulb that was more nutritional was too much sugar, too much sugar. And it was like, Um, I knew those things. So, I mean, I don't know, like when you think about you, what came to you for root cause? Uh, Well, auto, the autoimmune step, I would say um, definitely, you know, childhood trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, extreme trauma. And then eating, I was a vegetarian for so many years and I was eating all like GMO, wheat and pasta and muffins and bread. I just didn't know, but you know, in the nineties, that's like all that. Cause I was a vegetarian. Yeah. I just consumed that and it was wreaking havoc probably on my gut. Um, some other things that may, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention. So, <laughs> but, you know, so, so basically heavy metals. I think I had a lot of heavy metals. Um, so it was a combination. It's, I don't think it's sometimes one thing, you yeah. know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a few things that create, the the situation perfect storm yeah I agree and I think that intuitively you know some of those things to be true even if they can't be sort of proven yet on the outside we just know 
if each yeah. of our bodies is unique then and so so many opportunities for healing that come out of it um when did kundalini yoga enter your life oh my gosh yeah it's interesting how it always like was coming forth but i didn't totally hook onto it until mm -hmm. later um because I talk about uh, my first doctor that was a functional doctor who said he could help me feel better was was a Sikh, was a Kundalini, you know, practice Kundalini, was a Sikh. Um, and then, you know, during pregnancy, I went to a few Grimworks class. She was a big yoga teacher in L.A., a Sikh teacher. Um, but it wasn't until um, I was getting divorced and I was just needed you know, I needed healing. I was suffering and I just, you know, wanted something. Mm. Um, and my good friend invited me to meet her friend. It turns out it's Guru Jagged. I don't know if you know who she is. She's a big Kundalini teacher that passed away sadly, but I started practicing with her and my friend Jennifer, um, four times a week, you know, and I just got hooked because I saw how you could, really change the neural pathways of your brain. And I really do think like, if you have trauma that you need to change, I don't think talk therapy really works. I think there's two things that work. Three things probably. One would, uh, one is, um, hypnosis. Uh, two is Kundalini where you actually go in and rewire the brain with these movements and meditations and mantras and kriyas, and three, maybe I, I haven't done this, but maybe if you go with a practitioner and do some sort of journey, a plant journey yeah. or something maybe that can. So I, I really feel those are the ways to mm -hmm. really transmute something. Yeah. And I just was able to change, change my life. And I loved it. I love that. Um, you know, I was reading about Kundalini in the last year. And I had gone to the website of the teacher you just referred to. And um, so we'll share some resources too with the listeners. And I found it uh, overwhelming at first. And and I'm curious. So <laughs> good, I'm glad. <laughs> yes, yes. And and you had written in the book that um, because you talk about mantras, but we can talk about both things. But in the you know how powerful mantras can be. And then I think you list you listed your Spotify playlist was it White Sun maybe. Uh, oh yeah, they're, they're and I just turned that on this morning when I was just preparing oh, for it. It was so pretty, and <laughs> um, but tell me more about Kundalini. Like for again, for the beginner, where do you begin? And I, I noticed like yeah. even the powerful of the cat cow practice that you do, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the book is my book is helpful if you're just starting because I st I just show like the basics. And like what to do if you want to start okay. this practice, because because mm -hmm. it is it is overwhelming. If you Google it, you'll be like, oh, my God, it's too much. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and there's so much controversy with Yogi Bhajan, who he's the person who brought sort of the who channeled a lot of the these things um, from ancient Sikhism. And he brought it to America in the 70s. But he you know, attracted all these drug addicts and depressed teenage people that, that were down and he managed to lift them up and they changed their lives. Cause it's really, I think it's the, it's, um, um, a technology, you know, it's an actual technology that when you do a Kriya and you have the tip of your tongue on the roof of your mouth and you're, you know, maneuvering your fingers and you're looking up at your pituitary, this actually secretes 
you know, glands in your system. Yes. So it's not, it may sound like hokey, you know, what you're doing, sata, nama, sata, but you're actually secreting things in your adrenals, your thyroid, your thymus. Um, and that's why it's so powerful. And I think yeah. it, it really does work. And the, and the mantras are so beautiful. And for me, who had such monkey mind, like meditating was the last thing I thought I could do because my brain was always working you know, over time, but with Kundalini between breathing and doing the mantra and the Kriya, I can't think of mm-hmm. my everyday problem. <laughs> so it's, it was a good way to really shut down that part of my brain, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so and you're <laughs> reminding me that I think when I began and I was looking into it, I was the hungry seeker. It was a time commitment that was a lot to me because a lot of the videos on this particular website were like uh, an hour or longer. Oh, so yeah. is it is it possible to begin in shorter um, swatches? Oh, of time? yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Okay. And I think like in my book, too, I talk about there's like three exercises each three minutes. You know, you mm-hmm. could do 11 minutes. Sometimes I just I mean, most of the days I just do 11 minutes. Okay. No, I don't have time yeah. to do the whole thing. But then last weekend, I finally got to sit down and do a class with, you know, on Zoom with Rama in LA. And it was so nice to do that. So once in a while, you know, to do that. But the maintenance, once you get it, you know, you can definitely just have a shortened period. Yes. yes. And I'm thinking because you had the shorter period where where you're literally doing on all fours, the cat cow positions. And I'm sure paired with breathing, is that just like center you and get you into your body? It does. And it's mm-hmm. so good for your back. I mean, just mm-hmm. on see Kundalini people say you should be doing cat cow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's very good for the, for the spinal column and just everything. Mm, okay. I, um, you know, so many practices that I, I'm thinking of this whole conversation today, but the beauty of it and the beauty of what's really coming to me these days. And I think it's coming through a lot of people who are coming to speak on the podcast is the, um, the, the, the sacred nature of everything that really surrounds us and mm-hmm. how we can intentionally begin to pull and make our lives like just so rich with intention and meaning. Um, talk about the moon before we, you know, finish, our, <laughs> finish this discussion today, because I want people to know that you've got a course online called the moon and you. And I think, I think there's a lot of waking up around the moon going on. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the moon, I was just texting with my friend today and I was telling her what I just told you. We were saying how like men are like the sun and women are like the moon because we fluctuate and we have, you know, we wax and we wane and we, you know, go dark, <laughs> the dark moon, and then we go full. And, you know, that's why I think women are very connected to the moon. And at one time we were, at one time we lived outdoors and we did, we fluctuated with the moon. We, we farmed with the moon. We were, you know, we, that was our oh, yeah. light form of light. And we actually used to get rays, the moon rays, which gives you vitamin D, believe it or not, the mm. moonlight gives you vitamin D, which is like, People don't realize that, but yes, no. the moon is definitely an integral part of us. And, you know, it, it it moves the tides of the ocean, right? And we are 78% water. So how can it not affect our tides, our That's water? Amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. And so I go out like last, even this morning when I took my son to school, we looked and the moon was still, in, I could see yeah. in the sky. So is there such a thing as even moon gazing or 
kind of connecting with the moon like that? Yeah. No, it definitely. I mean, it's funny though, in Kundalini, they say, don't look at the moon too much. It's funny. They have, <laughs> I know they have like a, a thing, but I definitely will, you know, it comes in our skylight. Mm-hmm. It's down on me, yeah. you know, Maybe I don't yeah. have to look at it, but I feel it's energy and rays and the moon is very cooling and um, that way. Oh, did I lose you? Uh, I'm here. Yeah. Just paused for a minute. So I think in the course, because I was just looking at your outline, it's kind of funny when you were talking, I'm thinking like, here we are reading books about the moon and you're saying in olden times, like we just knew about the moon. And if we lived in that way, still, we we would just know we wouldn't have to learn. We just knew. But um, I love that because is there with the moon, is there just a lot of metaphors for life? Oh, so much. And also when you think back to when it was a matriarchal society, we had a moon calendar, Mm -hmm. you know, and then when they came along with the Gregorian calendar, they still kept remnants, you know, so they couldn't get rid of everything. And that's why we're on a 28 day calendar. You know, it's, it's connected to the moon, which is also connected to our cycles, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so interesting. And also what just blew me away is it's also around the, how many years a woman has her menstruation, like 28 to 30 years. So it's all like, when you start seeing like all these synchronicities, you're like, wait a second, there is a connection here. I I think we try to like remove us from nature so much that we, you know, and sadly so many of us have, but slowly I think we're reclaiming it. I think we're waking up and being like, wait a second here. <laughs> well, and there can be these outer things that are natural to the world that can guide us, that it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the things that we go purchase or buy or what's newest right. on Amazon and can be at our doorstep the next day. Um, yes. It reminds me of what you're saying. I recently went to a moon ceremony and the astrologer leading it said that with, I think it was the Aquarian return, the, the mm, uh, age of yeah. Aquarius. Yes. Back. Or that, that, like how they say the planetary return being every 240 years. And she was just talking about the significance. I would have never known that there, like this happened 240 years ago, correlating to now. And this is what it means for our yeah. life now here in modern culture, but it made complete sense. So I love learning about these other ways that are here for us to live our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can be tools, you know, mm-hmm. they can mm-hmm. tools. And especially like in Kundalini too, they say, let's use these celestial yeah. uh, events for our benefit. Let's use the eclipse. Let's use mm-hmm. the moon time. Let's you, you know, we have them here. Let's, let's use them for our benefit. Yeah. Are mm-hmm. you seeing with women that whom you work with that they're, they're almost like, cause I look at you and your body of work and think like, oh my gosh, that you have your skill set, but it's the things that you were personally attracted to, the things that were meant to come forth from within you. Do you kind of see that neat, like just um, unfolding with the women in front of you and what, um, how their unique expression, I guess it is. Yes. I think everyone Yes, that, but I do think there's a lot of women that are being attracted to the old God, you know, goddess ways or pagan ways or nature mm-hmm. ways. I think there is a lot of that happening because, with you know, I think there's an attraction there for sure. Mm-hmm. And also just like, you know, I feel like we've been let down by so yeah. many things. You know, a lot of women are now birthing their babies at home. You know, there's like, so there's been a, there's a renaissance happening. 
a lot of people are becoming their own medicine people, you know, rather than going the way pharmaceuticals or doctors, because they're just losing faith in that. So I think there's a, there's definitely a little awakening revolution happening. (laughs) Yeah. And I wonder just sitting here talking to you, it's like, is it a reaction of even the tumultuous times of recent years and just where we're being called back to remember. Mm -hmm. And also like, God forbid, I think we're all like what is happening in the world. And if things get crazy, what, what do I do? You know, I better learn about the herbs in my yard. I better learn how to make a fire. I better learn how to, you know, figure out the time without a watch or clock or, you know, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Such a good reminder. I think that I had, um, I just want to share with the audience, this was from your um, moon course, but um, just how you said there's a major shift happening on this planet right now. The moon in all its glory and power is starting to shine again, coming out of a long exile or an eclipse. As a society, we are becoming more aware of the connection to older ways of living in harmony with our planet. At the same time, women's rights and voices are starting to come to the surface as well to be seen, heard, and acknowledged. And that is not by surprise. There is a direct correlation between the moon and earth reemerging and the feminine voice. In this Aquarian age, we are trying to bridge the gap between the schism that was created between men and women, masculine and feminine, sun and moon. So beautiful. I mean, thank you. what, What an invitation, Shiva, just for us to be drawn into. Um, I wanted to ask you before we end, I want to ask you a question, but is there anything that you would add to our conversation um, that you feel needs to be expressed right now? Oh gosh. I don't, I mean, I think, uh, I think we we are needed more than ever Mm. us that are nurturers and don't want violence and don't want, you know, innocent children. And we need we need ourselves to rise up now and, you know, take charge. And we do that maybe in our house first and then in our community. And then we can do it. You know, I think that we have to start because yes. I think we're needed more than ever to save mm-hmm. our planet for our children. You know, I love that. And thank you for being such a, a goddess and leader of women mm-hmm. in that kind of movement. Um, okay. The listeners may not understand this, so we can explain it. But my big question for you, which was always the one that I waited for in every blog post (laughs) is, are you a mermaid or a forest fairy? Oh, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's so, I know one's ever asked me that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it only took me uh, 10 years or more to get Yes. And so we'll let Shiva answer that. But I have repeated that question to friends across the years, like, oh, my gosh, I follow this woman. And she always asks this. And people say, like, that is the best question ever. But if you go to Shiva's The Local Rose, um, where she has all these amazing interviews, and, and I was telling her before we recorded today that I think that one of the reasons... Um, I loved her work was she always did a Q&A with these people she she Um, wanted to kind of lift up and have a platform for because she saw their beautiful work and wanted to share with the world but the last question was always are you a mermaid or forest fairy (laughs) (laughs) that is so sweet thank you yeah I don't I don't work much on the blog as much but there's still so many good things 
to look so at. So many good things. Yes. But um, huh? Let me. That is a hard one because I, I know you probably know I'm going to say this, but I'm both. I yeah. think I'm. I feel like I'm both. I feel like I'm a mermaid in a forest. Oh, it is you know? the best. And question. the mermaid is searching, but the mermaid is searching because that's been one of the hardest things in Texas is I'm not near the ocean. And that's mm-hmm. truly like, I dream of the ocean. I cry for the ocean. I, or, and when we, when the rivers are flowing, I'm happy, but there's been a drought. So I don't even have the creek or the river. And I feel yeah. like I'm this mermaid that's lost <laughs> for its body of water. So. Oh my gosh. That's so perfect. Well, um, Shiva, I, we've, we've mentioned a couple things as we've gone along, where can the listener find you? Oh, well, thank you so much. They, um, the book that you mentioned, Whole Beauty, um, is definitely has everything, has all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram, I, I'm Local Rose, and then I have Shiva Rose Beauty, which is my skincare line. Yeah. So um, either of those places, and then the blog that you mentioned has all of that too, mm-hmm. which is the lo- thelocalrose.com. I love that. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about the the skincare line, but I think that just the That's beauty okay. of it and yeah, yeah it came, exactly you can tell it's like came from kundalini it came from this conversation <laughs> yes and it's it's beautiful non-toxic all the things that our bodies are really craving right now and i want to say too it came through another um guest i had on but i just love like how even with the the beauty products and the way that we treat ourselves that we can create rituals from that and and really slow down. And it's the way we wash our face. It's the way we touch our skin when we put on the lotion and it can all be just a really enriching experience. So I just want to say so much gratitude for being here today, Shiva. It's been just so much fun having you. Thank you. Lovely meeting you. (laughs) Yes, you too. And thank you to the listener as always. Are you a forest fairy or a mermaid? You know, I was telling you, I'm in (laughs) Chicago here, but I think my heart is in the ocean. I think that it's always been the water that draws me. And I think one of the things was my parents always used to take us to Florida every year. We would drive. Mm -hmm. I have five siblings. They would pack us in a Vandura van and we would drive (laughs) 20 plus hours to Florida, (laughs) but it would be the beginning of waking up to the sound of the ocean. Oh, so, and, and I think that just always spoke to my heart so I just much. Got chills. Yes. Yeah, I love that. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you listeners. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of mystical sisterhood. If you love what you heard, please visit Apple podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and share with a friend if you're called to do so. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching programs or join the Mystical Sisterhood membership, visit maureenspielman.com or mysticalsisterhood.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode.